Last week we talked about that phrase, love the Lord. What does it mean to love the Lord? We came face to face with the question, who do you say that I am? Not what do other people say about me? Not what have you heard about me? But the personal question of who do you say that I am? Today we're going to talk about what it means to love the Lord with all of our heart. Uh, and it's going to be a little bit different. Uh, I like to preach very practically. I like to uh, take a passage of scripture, see what it is that God wants to say to us, what are the, the takeaways. And I had begun preparing a message this week on uh, Christ being at our core. When we think about love the Lord with all of our heart, him being at the center of who we are, that all of our motives and motivations should come from that. Why do I do what I do? Where are the places that I need to change? But in the midst of that prep, um, I felt checked. See, we like practical. Give me the three steps to spiritual success and I'm good to go, right? How can I live my best life now? But we've been talking about relationship with God over these last couple of weeks. Relationship. His presence over my preferences, right? Seeing Jesus as Savior, not just as helper or what he can do for me. Relationship is about heart. And I don't know a lot of successful relationships that are built on checklists or to-do lists. Love the Lord with all your heart. So this was a shift in perspective for me. To discuss what it means to love the Lord with all my heart isn't so much about figuring out how I'm wired and why I do the things that I do. It's about knowing him. It's about resting in his presence. So today we're going to shift. We're going to shift from the consumer mentality of what can I get out of this and what do I have to do to get it. We're going to take a posture of simply acknowledging who God is, how much he loves us, and what his love calls us to do. Um, our format's going to be a little bit different today. You might notice that the music's still playing. You might not have heard anything that I've said so far because you're like, why is the piano still playing? Like, she doesn't get it. Uh, do you ever feel like when the music's playing while somebody's talking like you're at the end of Full House, you know? going to drop some Danny Tanner magic on you today. <laughs> um, it's going to be a different feel to our service today. Uh, instead of one sermon today, you get three. All equally long, but not all 30 minutes apiece. Uh, I'm going to present a, uh, a question. I'm going to share a scripture. And I'm going to share some thoughts from that. And then I'm going to offer you the opportunity to respond to each one of those. Uh, it's a little out of the box. Um, I'm not an out of the box guy. I like my box. Uh, I frequently invite people to join me in the box because that's where I live. Uh, if you're a doer, if you're an action person, if you're a type A personality, this might be a little difficult for you today. Um, but that's okay. Sometimes we need a little less Martha and a little more Mary. Sometimes we need a little less movement 
and a little more sitting at the feet of Jesus. So today, um, at the forefront, I just want to invite you to respond in any way you'd like throughout this time. Uh, there might be times where you want to get up and, uh, and walk. You might want to come to the altar and pray. pray. You might want to have a conversation. Uh, as we sing songs, we're going to sing some songs throughout this. Uh, you might want to stand and sing. That's wonderful. You may want to sit and reflect. However you need to respond today, that's fine. Okay? Sometimes you need that permission. It's granted to you. Today, rest in the presence of an almighty God that loves you with all his heart. Father, as we go into this time today, we do ask that you would guide us. These are... Uh, kind of uncharted waters for me. It's not normal for me to step out and, um, and just see what you want to do. But I trust you today. And I trust that you have something for each and every one of us. So as your spirit's already been sensed here, may we continue to rest in you, listen to you, and seek after you. the first question is, who is the God of love that we serve? Psalm 103 says, the Lord is compassionate and gracious, slow to anger, abounding in love. He will not always accuse, nor will he harbor his anger forever. He does not treat us as our sins deserve or repay us according to our iniquity. For as high as the heavens are above the earth, so great is his love for those who fear him. As far as the east is from the west, so far has he removed our transgressions from us. As a father has compassion on his children, so the Lord has compassion on those who fear him. For he knows how we are formed. He remembers that we are dust. The life of mortals is like grass. They flourish like a flower of the field. The wind blows over it, and it's gone, and its place remembers it no more from everlasting to everlasting. The Lord's love is with those who fear him and his righteousness with their children's children, with those who keep his covenant and remember to obey his precepts. How do you view your heavenly father? Do you view him as someone that loves you? Do you view him through the lens of your earthly father? could be a healthy relationship, could be an unhealthy relationship. Do you see him as a being that's distant, not involved in the details of your everyday life? This passage reminds us of the character and the nature of God. He understands how we're made up. It was he who made us. All of these words describe feelings that we deal with, compassion, grace, forgiveness, anger, love. He gets us. Your Heavenly Father loves you more than you could possibly understand. He's not distant. He's present. He's with you now. He's with you everywhere you go, no matter what you're going through. He's merciful. He doesn't treat us as our sins deserve. He's not out to get you. Do you ever uh, feel like God's just kind of waiting for you to mess up? Do you ever look up at the sky and say, why you got to be so mean to me? 
you think he's more focused on punishing you than he is on loving you? That's not what this scripture says. It says he's slow to anger and abounding in love for those who obey him. As far as the east is from the west, that's how far away your transgressions have been removed from you. So who is the God of love that we serve? He's a just God. He has compassion on us as a father has on his children. His love knows no ends. And he's with those who follow him, who obey him. So as we sing this first song, I want you to reflect on who you view God to be. Maybe you need to make a shift in your perception. God is present in your life. He's not out to get you. Full of compassion and grace. We serve a God that is lovingly seeking after you.
Romans 5 says, you see, at just the right time, when we were still powerless, Christ died for the ungodly. Very rarely will anyone die for a righteous person, though for a good person someone might possibly dare to die. But God demonstrates his own love for us in this. While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. How has he shown his love for us? He gave us his son to restore the broken relationship that we had with him. I love what it says that for a good person, somebody might possibly dare to die. But we're not good people. We're a world full of people that have rejected him and his ways. And yet he still loves us. He still wants to redeem us. He wants to be in relationship with us. Do you remember the first time you heard the gospel story? Does it have the same impact on your life today? The feeling of, (laughs) I'd do anything to be in right relationship with a God like that. We can't do it ourselves. We're powerless to bridge the gap that exists between us and God on our own because of our sin. But God demonstrated his own love for us in this, that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Jesus gave his life so that you would have the opportunity to know God in his fullness. The really crazy thing is God knew what the result was going to be. God allowed his son to be the sacrifice for the sins of the world, knowing that many would still reject him. But it was worth it for him. His son's life for the opportunity to be in relationship with you. His son's life without guarantee of what the response would be. His son's life for the opportunity to be in relationship with you. That's love. He's desperately seeking after you. He's the kind of shepherd that leaves the 99 sheep to go and find the one that's lost. Are you that one? Have you acknowledged Jesus as your Savior? If you have, are you living a life of thankfulness for the sacrifice that he's made for you? Has it just become so so commonplace? So routine that, that you don't even feel anything anymore? The relationship that he gave everything to restore is non-existent. As we sing this next song, I want to invite you to pray. If you'd like to commit to follow Jesus for the first time, you can talk to him. You can do that from where you're sitting in your seat. If you want to come and pray by yourself at the altar, you can do that. If you're not sure what that means and you'd like somebody to talk with you about that, just come and sit in the front row. And somebody will come, explain some of this, and have that conversation with you. Maybe you need to recommit your life to God. Reestablish the relationship. Remember what he's done for you. Remember how he's shown his love for you. Respond to that love.
afflictions eclipsed by glory and I realize just how beautiful you are and how great your affections are for me oh how he loves us all oh how he loves us how he loves us
what does this love require of us? 1 John 4 says this. Dear friends, let us love one another. For love comes from God. Everyone who loves has been born of God and knows God. Whoever does not love God does not know God because God is love. This is how God showed his love among us. He sent his one and only son into the world that we might live through him. This is love. Not that we loved God, but that he loved us and sent his son as an atoning sacrifice for our sins. Dear friends, since God so loved us, we also ought to love one another. No one has ever seen God, but if we love one another, God lives in us and his love is made complete in us. This is how we know that we live in him and he in us. He has given us of his spirit and we have seen and testified that the father has sent his son to be the savior of the world. If anyone acknowledges that Jesus is the son of God, God lives in them and they in God. And so we know and rely on the love God has for us. God is love. Whoever lives in love lives in God and God in them. Love the Lord your God with all your heart. How do you know if you're doing that? According to this passage, love one another. Are you loving one another? If you're not, the love of God is not in your heart. Pretty simple, right? Whoever does not love does not know God. Maybe you feel as though you are. So let me ask you this. Um, Are you harboring bitterness toward anyone? Do you have people that you're refusing to engage? Are you waiting for the other person to make the first move? That person in this room right now. You feel you are wrong, so you don't need to act. Anytime I have a a thought like that float through my head, um, I do my best to think about Jesus. What he went through, how he was treated, who he was, and how he responded. I mean, if anyone had a reason to be upset about the way that they were being treated, it was Jesus. But he always responded in love. Psalm 133 says this, how good and pleasant it is when God's people live together in unity. It's like precious oil poured on the head running down. As believers, we're called to love, for God is love. Whoever lives in love lives in God. We're also called to unity. Uh, Wednesday night, the LLC did a just a wonderful job updating the church on, on where things are at right now. A lot of changes happening, trying to keep everybody on the same page. And near the end, Tom talked about the desire for unity in the church. That we would be unified in all we do. I know the burden that's on Pastor Andrew's heart. That more than anything else, he desires unity in the church. 
love is what drives that. Is it important to you? See, love and unity are kind of two sides of the same coin. We can't be unified without love, and we can't love if we're allowing division to take place. So are you loving others, inside and outside the church, with the same love that God has shown you? Are there any conversations that you need to have with God or with someone else? As we sing this next song, ask God to search your heart. Are you filled with the love of God, evidenced by the way you're showing that love to other people? Since God loved us, we should love one another. Commit to show that to someone today.